All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions of the future, and how the two collide. Today, we have a little different type of a conversation for you, um, which I'm really excited to, to bring to you. We have Albrey Brown, who is head of diversity, equity, and inclusion over at Airtable. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Good. Uh, it's going really well. These last couple of weeks have been uh, you know, pretty exhausting uh, from, uh, from a professional and a personal point of view, but, um, really excited to see some of the change that has rapidly been coming down the pike. Uh, but thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, I really appreciate you, you being open to coming on. I mean, one of the reasons I originally reached out to you is, you know, a lot of stuff is going on in the world. And although it seems like it's been a lot in the last week, you know, this is stuff that we should be talked about for quite a while. And this should not be, you know, a week or two of just like, you know, you know, noise, and then it goes away. I want to like learn how I can, um, you know, learn what's what the best things are to do, and then and then keep doing them, right? And like, you're, this is something that you that you're really good at communicating. So I guess, can you describe what you do at Airtable, and then we can go into um, some of the topics that are going on in the world right now? Yeah, yeah, uh, totally, and and. Um, now, to describe my role at Airtable is is first to to say like the annoying consultant thing, which is it depends. It depends on the day, it depends on the person that I'm talking to, it depends on the function that I'm working with. But really, you know, there there are a couple pillars to it. The first is um, making sure that as a company we're socially conscious, uh, conscious, right? That we understand that we don't um, operate in a vacuum. Uh, that things are going on in the world that we can positive, positively affect. Um, and uh, really uh, being the lighthouse that helps us affect those things. You know, so for example, we've uh, recently given our product free to a lot of companies who are doing COVID relief. And we're, we're currently working on uh, doing that for black creators as well in response to everything that's going on. Um, the, another pillar is, you know, making sure that our uh, employees um, are continuing to be socially conscious as well. Uh, I like to say increasing the social and cultural IQ of air tablets um, so that, you know, again, um, as a collective, we are understanding that one, we are very privileged to be working in high tech and two, we could utilize that privilege to impact the world. Um, and then three, uh, it, it's really, you know, continuing to uh, examine our hiring processes, our promotional processes, um, anything that we do internally that affects um, our employees and making sure that those things are as inclusive as possible. Um, perspectives are included. Um, we're not, uh, we're mitigating biases as they come up. Uh, and, and we're making sure that we're as, as fair and equitable as possible to anyone who is working at Airtable. And then, you know, lastly, from a product perspective, um, it's about making sure that anyone can use Airtable and, and knows that Airtable exists as a product. Um, and for, for our company, for many companies, I think that last piece becomes a little bit fuzzy. Um, not every single company has the opportunity to be valuable to every single person who has access to internet and a computer. Um, but Airtable, uh, we have a unique opportunity to affect the lives of every knowledge worker um, and every future knowledge worker. So diversity, investing in diversity and understanding the diversity of our customers and our future customers is actually very uh, imperative to um, our business. 
So that's another thing that I continue to think about and work on um, and how that kind of manifests itself is, you know, right now we're looking at accessibility on our product and making sure that folks who um, have, uh, have either um, uh, uh, trouble seeing, you know, uh, or um, have challenges hearing or even using a keyboard, um, can use our uh, product just as much as someone who uh, doesn't have those challenges. Um, so, you know, those are just some examples of what I do on a day-to-day -day basis. I'm all, also a mentor, a coach, a consultant, uh, but mostly just like a learner, uh, someone who is trying to understand how people think and how people work um, and looking to improve uh, uh, the way that they do that so that um, we can create a, a business that really is for everyone. I feel like the position is is something that I, I feel like every company should have it, but not every company does. Um, like, I'm curious for you. I want I want to go a little bit into I guess the tech industry as a whole, and uh, how where you think diversity um, you know plays in in tech and how is tech doing candidly um you know and uh, and where where are some areas like just how is tech doing let's just start there you're yeah. you're, you're doing this role at Airtable overall you know how overall is tech doing um with with this kind of topic uh great question and you know i'll start by starting kind of at the beginning of this movement so actually funnily enough i started uh in tech as a software engineer i went to a coding boot camp in 2014 um, and it was the same, I, it's the same day that I started this coding bootcamp was the day that Jesse Jackson basically forced Google to uh, release their diversity numbers. And that was kind of like the start of, you know, once you open Pandora's box, you can't stuff it back in. And that was like really the start of uh, the diversity and inclusion movement. In fact, since then, there's, we've gone from around 50 DNI folks in tech um, to professionals, people we can pay to do this work, to I think close to like 2,500. So the industry has blown up uh, in terms of thinking about how do we make how do we uh, make our um, our our industry more diverse, and then how do we make sure that folks who come into our industry want to stay here, right? So um, that was in 2014, and uh, six years go by, uh, and tech has made you know many strides uh, and it, in relation to where things were in 2014 I think uh, or to your question about the response right now and, and how tech is doing in relation to where we were in 2014 um, it, again it kind of depends if we're talking about humanitarian and corporate social responsibility I think that tech is doing good a very good job um, responding to social pressures um, and the concerns of especially folks who are marginalized. Um, as you can, can see from the response of uh, Twitter, Stripe, Facebook, um, um, and all of the other kind of larger tech companies about how they're adjusting their processes and making Juneteenth uh, a, a holiday for their employees, there's a, a quick, very reactionary response to um, the protests against police violence and, and George Floyd. Six years ago, never would have happened. 
six years ago, perhaps there would be like a memo that came out from the CEO. Um, perhaps there would be a little bit of a donation given to some sort of you know, Black Lives Matter cause, et cetera, et cetera. But if we're talking about oh, a, a widespread almost kind of if you don't join in, then you know you might see a hit to your bottom line. I don't think that would have ha um, uh, that would have been the case. So, uh, on that in that sense, things are moving in the right direction. I think that you know tech is is uh, in kind of the tip of the spear when it comes to uh, the intersection between business and um, just life itself. You know, really pushing the boundaries of how uh, companies are supposed to show up for um, uh, for consumers at the end of the day. When it comes to the main goal of diversity and inclusion, which is hiring and promoting more marginalized folks, um, I, there has been much less progress. Um, institutionally, I don't think tech has really focused internally uh, on how uh, it can be much better um, at hiring, um, promoting, evaluating fairly uh, women, um, and particularly people of color. Um, which we would consider blacker or Latinx. Um, and I think that there's a long way to go um, before uh, companies and leaders really kind of put the mirror to themselves and say, hey, I need to do much better in terms of expanding my network, um, really caring about um, black and brown people, building actual relationships with them outside of their work relationships, understanding the experience of being uh, black and brown outside of tech and in tech and truly trying to be an ally to those folks. Um, so, you know, on that axis, uh, I, I don't think that there's been a, a lot of progress. Um, and uh, perhaps this is an inflection point um, since we are seeing platitudes, since we are seeing um, um, Alexis Ahenian uh, of Reddit stepping down and giving his board seat to uh, uh, to Michael Siebel of YC, right? And saying, hey, I'm going to step down and let a black man come in and, and really lead this or perhaps just be an advisor, right? Um, so I, I, not as much progress as I would want to see in those six years. Um, but, you know, at the same time, uh, I'm, I'm somewhat uh, optimistic. I kind of have to be optimistic or I'd be dead um, about the progress that we might see over the next 10 years. Thanks for sharing all of that. It, it, it was, it's good to get kind of a little bit of the, of the background. You, you mentioned the, the word ally and I feel like the word ally is, you know, it's something I try and trying to be, you know, and it hasn't been super clear that it's not a, a manual or a roadmap be like, Oh, like when this happens, like this is how you be an ally. So I I've done my best, you know, I, 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 I and I'm starting to change mindsets. I'm trying starting to change where I find podcast guests, et cetera. But I'm kind of curious for you, you know, I have a very techie audience, people, you know, in startups and in venture capital, we were talking about before we started recording where you think an area um, is for in, in potentially more people becoming an ally or helping and it's in kind of funding or it's in capital and it's it's about kind of access and opportunity. Can you kind of dive into your your thesis or your thoughts on on in that category on how more people can be allies um, whereas right now they may not know exactly the best way to, to do just that? 
Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a great question, and um, I think you know just to to frame it up, being an ally or practicing allyship, I'd like to say I, I don't think anyone is an ally. It's it, it, to call it a noun, I think sucks all the power out of it. Um, I think practicing allyship is is a something that you commit to, much like practicing any um, anything you want to become good at right? Piano, uh, recording podcasts, um, it, it, riding a bike. Uh, it's much harder than riding a bike though. And sometimes you forget, I'm not going to lie. Um, but, and those set of actions really allow you to um, connect with other people from different backgrounds um, and really amplify those folks, uh, uh, can, uh, help them reach their goals in a way. Um, but first it takes um, a couple of tenets. The first is education, educating yourself about um, other people's uh, circumstances, um, becoming aware of what's going on with uh, within their um, sphere of influence. Um, you know, think about like the black community. What's going What's going on in the black community right now? Right. You know, someone was just murdered by a policeman. Um, understanding why that happened. Uh, how it happened, how people must feel, and then actually making genuine connections. And then those genuine connections will then turn into um, ways that you can amplify those folks. Um, after you understand that the reason they need amplification is because they are marginalized, they don't have as many opportunities um, as folks who um, societally have just been given more perks, privilege, and power, right? So applying that to um, perhaps, you know, VCs or founders, um, or even this platform itself. Um, I think, you know, understanding the, the current landscape uh, of the, the world that you're in um, and really uh, taking a look at, let's, let's just use the ecosystem of, of tech startups um, and, and looking at, really looking at the difference between the amount of funding given to, uh, to use this example, um, because it's apt, uh, white founders versus black founders, right? And really doing the investigative work of why you think that is. Um, you know, they say, uh, um, you know, talent is equally distributed, but opportunity is not. And I'm a true believer in that. I think that in every category of person, there's this many A, a students, this many B students, and this many C students. But if you look across the opportunities and the networks that have been built, um, for founders and, and within the tech ecosystem, you might notice that that's not the case. There, there aren't statistically uh, as many black people getting funding as there should be. The math just doesn't add up. Um, black people are 1% of uh, the VC world or 1% 1% of the startup founder world. We're 12% of the population. And I think that that shows that that is a um, a statistical anomaly that allies uh, of uh, folks who practice allyship in relation to black and brown people um, should first understand and then educate themselves on why and then personally commit to actions that will help them kind of bridge the gap. Um, and, you know, that can be taken in one like you did. Uh, reach out and create a platform for those folks. And hopefully this turns into a virtual cycle of more people hitting me up that I can connect to other black founders who are doing this work, right? And and uh, and um, to expand the network. Um, a second way could be to um, 
really uh, a look at the ecosystem of black VCs and black founders and going to talk to them about, you know, what their ideas are, their worldview, and really going to understand uh, how they're, how they go to market differently than everyone else. Uh, and, and then three is like truly, truly, truly putting the work in to connect those folks um, with pe the people that you know who have power, privilege, and influence, and, and really building those relationships so that you can move up, um, move to a space where you feel comfortable, uh, giving those warm introductions, uh, writing those those emails uh, that that allow a black founder to get in front of a VC or vice versa, right? Um, but the root of it, I think, uh, it, it, and you must, you have to understand before you start this journey, um, is that you, ha you have to see allyship and practicing allyship, not as, uh, not at a guilt, not, you, you don't invest in becoming an ally or, or, or practicing allyship because um, you feel bad about the state of the world. I think that is the exact opposite place to come from. Marginalized people have been very, very, very well trained to see who uh, the people who are against us are and the people who want to save us are. And we don't need saving. We've, we've, um, uh, we've, we've succeeded in this world uh, without saviors and we don't need handouts. And I think that the hardest part and the first thing that um, people should do if they're looking to practice allyship is understand that there's a true benefit to it a benefit to building relationships to marginalized people, specifically black folks. Um, and that benefit is, is to enrich yourself, to raise your social and cultural IQ, which will then give you more opportunities to invest time and resources that then have a return on investment. And if you don't truly see that return on investment, whether it be money, whether it be understanding an, a new way of living that you could apply to your life, whether it be building a relationship with someone who you truly can call a, a really good friend that you might not have made otherwise, uh, then don't even do the rest of the things because it then becomes a, that then becomes a, um, uh, have a negative effect on those relationships that you want to build over time. Something that, that I've spent a lot of time thinking about in the last week is this this concept of just like being conscious um you know i i always thought you know i i never thought i was like racist or i never thought i was anti anything i just i'm just doing what i'm doing you know like i'm doing my podcast but when all of this started happening it started helped me like self-reflect and i look back on my on my podcast guest list and it's like it it pretty much it doesn't exactly reflect like the numbers in tech, but like it, it's pretty bad. Like there's like it's like eighty percent, maybe like 80 percent white guys. And like I definitely have some I have some great black founders on, some great women founders on, but like not that many. And I feel like I you know I I I never thought there was a problem with my podcast feed. I I you know I, I'm a, I feel like I'm a good person, a nice guy, but like still I was that and. I had an 80% ratio of just right white men. So I, I think where I'm going with this is it took all of this, all of this to help me realize where I can help and where I can contribute and where I can change. And I'm actively doing that. But how do you, um, let's see in five years, 
um, you know, me, like the 21 year old now or do whatever. I mean, cause he just in five years, you find another podcaster like me who, who who's in the exact same position I was in a month ago. How do you like talk to them and be like, you know, like you're, 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 although you're not saying you're racist, or you're not anti-black or anything, look at what you're doing, how, you know, that's almost in itself racist in a way. How do you talk to that person? How do you talk to me of even just three weeks ago? Um, you know what I mean? Cause it's, 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 I wrestle with it now. Cause I'm like, I was kind of part of the problem. Was I, I don't know. What is your theory on, on kind of that concept? Yeah. I mean, you know, to be frank, you were part of the problem, but not intentionally. Right. I think that like they say silence is com- uh, to be silent is to be complicit, to be neutral is to be complicit. Um, but what's, what's that's not um, no one can blame you uh, because we're in a society that actually uh, uh, rewards folks for not thinking about these things. I think that if you, uh, the, the thing when you can be blamed, the moment you can be blamed is when you are faced with something so obviously, uh, so obviously um, messed up, unjust, inequitable, and you can still ignore it. You can still ignore it and say, ah, cool, going to keep going and doing what I'm doing. Um, and I, I think, you know, everyone has a learning moment, right? And to your question about, to your question about the, the, you know, 16 year old, that'll be 21 in five years. I mean, honestly, I think that 16 year old is woker than we'll ever be. And I'm very sure that in five years, I will be the, the boomer or whatever being like, that's not going to work. What are you talking about? No, there's no way we're going to have peace and love and harmony and all of these things. Because I think, you know, what's really driving this is that the next generation is totally changing the way that we relate to each other. And I think what we're finding and why tech companies are investing so early is because they see that the next consumer cares about this stuff and cares about building bridges between folks who are different than them. And they probably care about more than building bridges between folks who are the same as them. Um, which is a really, you know, interesting and also uh, positive effect of all of this. So, but, you know, I digress. You asked the specific question of what do I say to folks who, who um, have, have uh, perhaps not understood their, um, their place in all of this. And I think the first thing like you did is just reflect, you know, men lie, women lie, numbers don't. Jay-Z said that. And um, as you said, that what, what really forced you to understand that you needed to change was literally going back and seeing the numbers and being like, oh, wow, oh, I, didn't, I didn't even try to make this happen and it happened. And what you realize is that unless you are intentional about reaching out to folks um, that you, um, uh, that, that you uh, just didn't think about before, then, then that's not going to happen. And I think that is what everyone needs to, we need to stop as a society um, being just a little bit, we need to stop being so lazy about how we build our networks. We just kind of let anyone come into our networks rather than being super selective and, and, and strategic about who we want to bring in and why we want to bring them in and how they're going to benefit our lives. And I think that's, that's what I would challenge people to do as to you know when you're starting a project when you want to create something when you want to create a platform when you want to um, create a platform or or bring someone into your life 
be more strategic about building your network out and build it out with folks who have a much different experience than you rather than being safe with people who are similar. Because I think, you know, that's going to be the way that uh, you challenge yourself to continue to get better and smarter um, and, and ultimately um, sharpen, uh, sharpen what you can, what you can uh, kind of produce for the world, right? You know, the, the fact, I'll give an example, the fact that you are um, reaching out to more Black founders to, to, is uh, definitely great for the Black founders, but it's also good for you. I'm very sure you're going to pick up a listenership that perhaps you never would have picked up. And now that moves you closer to whatever the goal of this podcast is. Um, and I think going back to uh, the, the, my answer about um, allyship, I think that is the key nugget right there. Everyone sees allyship, learning about other people, you know, learning about Black people, et cetera, et cetera, as a burden. When really, we're one-ninth of the population. We are an opportunity. We are an opportunity that will definitely bring more opportunities. And I, I just wish that, you know, that folks um, weren't as afraid to make the investment and, uh, and, and because I think that they're missing out on, on um, a lot of, again, enrichment and a lot of return on investment on um, learning about people who are different from them. And I meandered, so let me know if I didn't answer your question. No, you you did. You definitely did, um, which, which I appreciate. I I have a a question where I, I've been th- thinking about how I want to ask, and I and I can't really put my finger on the best way, so I'm just going to give it a shot. Like, so I I wrote a blog post, I don't know, a week ago, about how you know for me I could fi- you know like the back of my hand I could find you know the next week's worth of guests like easily like for my normal networks you know and and chances are six out of seven or seven out of seven of them are just white men and when i challenge myself to great like find other sort like like source people from other areas um on the internet or in the real life or whatever it's like great like where should where like where do i start where do i like what communities what networks, what, you know, white uh, things like that. And of course, Google, of course you can find that, you know, communities, but like, I will admit like candidly, I, I've spent, you know, I've, I've you know, luck, in the last like week I've interviewed so many founders I never would have interviewed before because I want to find them from the sources, but I've still had a hard time finding the same amount of sources I have for like typically white men, the ratio as other types of founders. So my question for you is, how would you go um, tell people like me and people that want to find um, black and brown founders, want to find more women founders, but literally like don't know exactly the channels, not what are the channels, but how would you go about finding the channels or educating us to find the channels better, if that makes sense? Uh, yeah, no, th- that does make sense. And um, I, I, I think that this, this, the 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 answer lies in a much larger question, which is that, um, and I I, I want to say I appreciate you asking that, and this is not to, uh, you know, shit on you by any means, um, but what is the difference between finding more black and brown founders or women founders? Uh, what's the difference in in strategy or or uh, outreach then? 
than uh, what you did to just build this podcast in general. I'm sure when you first started, it was hard to find folks and to build that community, right? Um, but you have proven to be someone who can do that. And I think you have, I, I think that when we think about underrepresented folks, um, for some reason, we think it's like a really, they're really an, an alien, uh, uh, they, they reside in different places on the internet. There, there's a totally different strategy for getting to them when really, I think it's super simple and you've done it before. Um, and, and again, I think there's this fear of, I think I'm going to do it wrong. I think I'm going to do it wrong. When really like, we're all human dog. You hit me on Twitter. I have a network. We had a good uh, conversation. I said, I'm going to connect you with a bunch of folks in my network. And in, in time, you will have a large network. You'll be able to as just as maybe just not just as easily because there aren't as many black people as white people. Right. But um, you will probably be able to easily find three, four five black founders. And I think just the, the patience that you had building, you know, th this first kind of market of, of listeners is the same patience that you need to apply to finding women and people of color. Now, the language might be different. It might be. Uh, the the responses you might uh, get uh, you might get a couple of rejections, but I'm sure that you did when you first started building this out for other folks. Um, but I think that you know the the main thing that I want to leave folks listening with is that it's the same exact thing, and I understand that it's uncomfortable because it might be a different type of person with a different type of experiences. But we're all struggling, and we're all we all have both privileges and we both have we're all marginalized in some ways some people more marginalized than other people right but in terms of the way that we get to each other in terms of the way that we build networks in terms of the way that we start to you know go to market for our net for the folks that we're uh, that we're trying to connect with um, apply the same thing that you did to build your current you know friend group family group uh, network and and just see what happens and be patient because um, you'll learn hopefully they'll have a good time too and uh, it'll just be another virtuous cycle and a group of folks that you can depend on I was talking to a um, I mean going to your last point like you know having a good good conversation I, I had had a founder on uh, I don't know two days ago and he he's pretty much building a, like esports software, but for simple games like rock, paper, scissors. And it was like pretty much the coolest thing I've ever heard. And like, I like, I'm like, I'm gonna, you know, I oftentimes try to introduce founders that come onto the podcast to VCs because I'm connected to a ton. And like, that's another example. I'm like, oh, sh this is awesome. Like, like, I, I like people are gonna love this. And I never would have gotten the opportunity. He was, he was, I don't, I didn't mention he was black. And like, I wouldn't have gotten the opportunity to like, talk to this this founder was like probably one of the most original ideas i've ever found if i wouldn't have i done you know what like kind of be like great just like just do the same thing just you know just kind of all over again with with so much potential upside you know you know which is which is exciting and i think i i like your answer i feel like i feel like almost bad that i had to ask it but me asking i got you to you your answer allowed me to like understand how, like it allowed me to understand on a deeper level and now and I appreciate and I am glad that I asked it um and I hope people listening feel the same um my last kind of area that I want to 
cover um, or last topic is, you know, we talked, you know, a little bit ago about what people, it seems like what people with some capacity of power can do to help, um, uh, to help black and brown founders or women founders or underrepresented founders. But what about what I think is a large percentage of my audience um, of people that may not have much power at all, or they may just be students in college, or they might be have a blog with like, you know, no readers yet, but they want they, they almost want to help more than everyone. They're just like, I want to help. But like, I don't know how like, you know, please like, tell me, I guess, what are um, some for, for those people, what would you tell them in the best way that they can um, practice allyship? Um, not just today, but you know, for, for, for the rest of their lives and, 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 and as they get power, um, that they will use it for much better, um, for much, much better forces. Yeah, no, no, totally great question is the, the, um, you know, I'm, I'm working on this, this, uh, challenge, because uh, a lot of people in my life who are not black have been hitting me up and asking, you know, how can I help? How can I help? How can I help? Um, and I think, you know, the, the, if I were to give like, I don't know, like a six step process for being an ally, um, this might not be six steps, but I'll try. Um, the first thing is just kind of realizing that everyone has some sort of privilege, just like everyone has some sort of hardship. Everyone has some sort of privilege. And if you can recognize that, then you can lend that privilege. You have the privilege of having a platform and you're lending it to me. That is practicing allyship. College student probably has the, the uh, privilege of time. So go and use that time to help someone who may, may not have something else uh, uh, to um, help that person. Um, so I think, you know, recognizing whatever your privilege is, whether it be a platform, whether you're a leader in a community, whether you, you know, are uh, unemployed due to COVID and you have the time to go and feed the homeless, uh, volunteer at, at, you know, for uh, organizations supporting Black Lives Matter, anything like that, right? Use your privilege, um, recognize it and lend it. And then, you know, in terms of kind of like the tactical and practical, um, I think that there are a couple ways that um, folks can, I think there are a couple ways that folks can uh, translate kind of like their concern into action. Um, and, and the first is uh, just amplification. If you know someone who is black or brown, um, if you know someone um, who is, who uh, uh, kind of like needs or, or, or wants an opportunity, amplify them, you know, ask them what they're, they're, they're looking to kind of like their next milestone and figure out whether there's someone in your network you can connect them with, right? Uh, do, just help them kind of take that next step by amplifying their message. Um, you know, the second one is just, is, is taking interest in a cause that they believe is um, important. Um, I think, you know, people uh, really invest themselves into things that um, affect them, right? So um, it, it, finding out about what someone is interested in and, and, and what they're lending their time towards and doing the same is we'll just double their efforts. And I think that's also allyship. Um, and then, you know, the, the third piece is fairly simple and it kind of comes down to friendship as well, which is just listen. I've had a lot of, uh, 
uh, of people of color, black people specifically reach out and say, hey, like my company didn't say anything about what's going on right now. And, you know, here's how I feel about it. This is what I want to see happen. Um, can you help me? And I hit them back and, you know, I'll, I'll send them a couple paragraphs and they'll just say, it just felt good to talk about it. Whether anything comes out of it, it just felt good to talk about it. And, you know, marginalized folks are carrying a lot of, of grief, of, of discomfort, um, a, a lot of, and, and the world tells us that it doesn't exist. We're kind of gaslit in, in that sense. Um, so just kind of like acknowledging and saying, hey, I see that and I understand that, or maybe not understand, but I see that and I hear that and I'm here to talk whenever you want to. If you don't have the time, if you don't have the, the, the anything else, just lending that uh, will, will get you, um, will get you a lot in return. So that, that's what I would say to that, to the average person. All right. Well, just from this conversation, I learned a ton. Um, and I hope the, the people listening, whether you're a college student who wants to break into startups, you're the CEO of a fortune 500 company, you, you all kind of know how you can practice allyship and hope you're educated more on the topic. I guess my, my final last question, is there anything else you want to leave us with, whether it's, you know, any site or any, 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 you know, contact or anything like that, a anything for the final, final part of the podcast, anything else you want to chat about? Are you feeling good about um, kind of the stuff that we, the stuff that we chatted about? No, uh, this was a, a great conversation and your, your questions were um, both insightful and informative. So I appreciate you bringing me on. Folks can reach out to me uh, at Twitter. It's Alperay Brown, A-L-B-R-E-Y. Brown is in the color. Um, and I tweet a lot about what I talk about. So uh, if you want to hit me up, ask me some questions, I'm totally happy to have a dialogue. Uh, and thank you again, Matt. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks for coming on.